Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, it's time for Charitable Georgia. Brought to you by Bees Charitable Pursuits and Resources. We put the fun in fundraising. For more information, go to beescharitablepursuits.com. That's B-E-E-S charitablepursuits.com. Now, here's your host, Brian Pruitt. Good Fabulous Friday morning. It's another Fabulous Friday, and I got three more fabulous guests. If this is your first time listening to Charitable Georgia, this is all about positivity happening in your community. And again, like I said, we've got uh, three fabulous guests. First of all, I hope everybody had a safe and happy 4th of July. Kind of throws everybody's week off when it's kind of the middle of the week. So people are probably, you know, still getting over there partying. But anyway, our first guest this morning is Alicia Barnes from the Etowah Scholarship Foundation. Alicia, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. So we'll talk about the Etowah Scholarship Foundation here in a second and why you uh, do what you do. But if you don't mind, share a little bit about, about your background. Well... I am a jack of all trades. Honestly, I've done a lot of different types of work, and I think it has benefited me to allow to me to speak to students. Um, but I have my degree in crisis response counseling from Liberty University, and I am a mom of three. I have a bonus daughter who's 24, and then I have a 16-year-old daughter and a 13-year-old son and been remarried to my husband for three years. So that's a little bit about me. Not Not much, but just a little bit. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. So, all right. So Etowah Scholarship Foundation, you guys work with youth and, and helping them in the education piece. So share a little bit about that. So the Etowah Scholarship Foundation has been in existence for about 40 years now, 41 years. And it was started just as a scholarship foundation in Bartow County and Cartersville City students. And last year we launched a new program. I started with the foundation in January of 2022. And we were um, bringing on a new program called the Future Shop Program. It was really a vision of the, my my executive director, Lee Welsh, and she was seeing that um, students were not picking up their money for scholarships and money was being left on the table. And she said, what is happening? What's the problem here? So we started really visiting with the students and realizing they had no idea what they wanted to do. And my mom told me I needed to go to college. So I went. And I, and I flopped out the first semester or I changed my mind and my parents finally said I didn't have to go, you know, just different reasons. Um, some of them, we just never even, they fell off the face of the earth and never heard from them again. So we wanted to start a program where we really were intentional of working with students to figure out what exactly do you want to do when you graduate from high school? It doesn't mean you have to go get a four-year degree and then never use that degree and still go work, you know, at a coffee shop which is nothing wrong with working at a coffee shop, but don't go into student loan debt to do it. You know, um, let's get back into trade. Let's get back into skill. Let's um, figure out what you, let's get into industry. Let's join the military, go and do mission work. Um, what is it that you're passionate about? What do you want to pursue? And, you know, the new logo lingo, excuse me, is with kids is what, what am I about? This is what I'm about. So that's what we're trying to figure out with these kids. So you guys work with kids just in Bartow County, or is it all over Georgia, or where all do you work? Um, well, we started, our initiative is Bartow County in Cartersville City, um, and now I'm, I really I speak to students wherever I can and talk to them. My, I, my children actually are in Cobb County, 
schools. So my, my daughter's kids, um, students, friends, and mom, please come and talk to them. Can you, um, can you meet with them? Can you, you know, sit down with them and i'm like absolutely so the the scholarships themselves are specific are more specific to Borto county and quartersville city just because of the way the foundation is set up um but we're hoping to extend our reach soon does the uh the kids do they have to qualify for anything to be a part of the get scholarships yes so we have our application opens in january um and it closes on march 15th um so it's really there's different um questions on the application we have over 200 scholarships so all of the endowments and different scholarships really it just depends on kind of what their qualifications are kind of what um, niche they fit if you will um, because there are certain uh, scholarships for companies that are depend you know the dependent of an employee Um, so they have to be able to check that box or a certain church that they're affiliated with and how many volunteer hours that they may do. So they have to check that box. So it just depends. Um, but like I said, we have over 200 scholarships available. Um, so when they're able to, um, fill out that application and it also doesn't just apply to high school seniors. Um, we have non-traditional students, you know, mom's going back to school. Um, we have college students that continue to receive our scholarships from the time they graduate high school all through their graduate program just as long as they're applying um, and they're filling out the application, then they uh, are considered for the scholarship. I like how you talked about earlier about finding their why, basically. Mm -hmm. And if you talked about the trade schools, which I think a lot Mm -hmm. of people don't even think about that because, Mm -hmm. you know, when I was growing up and people uh, talk about being a mechanic, uh, it was like, so he's just a mechanic. He's a grease monkey. But those guys, I mean, they, they have a purpose. They make so serious money. They do. And, you know, they, <laughs> people don't think about it. You know, welding and all that, it's a mm-hmm. you know, good trade. So mm-hmm. I like the fact that you guys talk about different, you know, military, mission field, all that stuff. So on these scholarships, can they, is it something where they can take and use it for any, like, any school they could go any to? Any school. They can use it for tech school, trade school, four year school, two year school. As long as they're full time, they can take that scholarship anywhere. Um, and that's, again, some of the things that we work with them and when I'm talking to students. So I'm in um, in Cartersville City Schools full time uh, when we launched the program. Uh, the superintendent and principal of Cartersville High School, they were both completely on board and wanted me there full time. So my counterpart is in the county schools um, and rotates out uh, at those schools because there's three. And our vision and hope is to eventually have a full time person with the foundation in each school full time. So when you talk about being in the schools full time, what does that look like? What are you doing? So Monday through Friday, nine to three, they get in at eight thirty and leave at three thirty. So those thirty minutes are kind of you know they're getting settled or getting ready to end their day, but they can come see me at any given time. I have a location and office set up and on campus, and so the students come and talk to me, and we do college applications, we do resumes, we um, fill out the FAFSA form, which parents are like, please do this because it's confusing and. Uh, it's a pain and I don't want to deal with it. And can you please help? Um, I introduce them to some recruiters um, and work with their guidance counselors to make sure, you know, everybody's on the same page. And the counselors are also talking to them as well to see what they need. And they'll send them to me. Also, we do campus visits um, to different colleges because they don't have, you know, a lot of um, the counselors don't have time, you know, to go and take a full day to take students. So, um, this year, I'm looking at doing nine different campus visits for colleges um, or that the most of the kids in, in Bartow County just don't have time or their parents don't have the resources to get them to those campus campuses, excuse me, but it gives them the opportunity to see themselves where they want to be. You know, they had they may have an idea of 
well, I want to go to UGA. Okay, well, let's talk about that. You don't, and then when we really start to break it down, they actually don't qualify to go to UGA because <laughs> UGA is hard as a freshman. Right. You know, you're going in, you had to have a 4.0 to a 4.5 minimum GPA. And then you're looking at your scores, you're looking, they still require test scores, just all of those things that they require that a lot of these students are like, I, I didn't do the SAT or ACT because they said it was test optional. Well, it is except for Georgia Tech and for UGA, you know, it's just those things that they just don't think about. So it's just having those conversations with them and breaking down cost comparisons for colleges of, I got this scholarship. Um, I got this scholarship from, you know, this school, but they have a $30,000 gap because it's a private school and they're getting $20,000. Well, it's $52,000 a year to go. How are you going to go? How are you going to pay for that? Well, I don't know. I don't, what do you mean? You know, so it's all of those important conversations that kids just don't think about because they're just excited. I got accepted to a school and then they realize that they can't afford it. Um, so it is all of those conversations. It's a lot to pack, unpack mm-hmm. in just a few minute conversation, but I'm just having those multiple conversations with them. Let's bring them back. Let's talk about it. Let's figure out what that looks like. I give them action items at the end of our, you know, towards the end of our time. I usually spend about 20 to 30 minutes with them. Um, Because I don't want to take away too much of their academic time. But then I will have them come back. I'll say, okay, you know, let's work on these three things. And the next time we visit, let's make sure you have those things done. And then we'll we'll hit the next steps so it's not as overwhelming for them. But I am trying to even get with them in their freshman year of high school. Um, Seniors are always more important just because they're out the door in that year. But I I am trying to hit um, the underclassmen as well so that we can go ahead and start having the conversation of what this is going to look like for you and let's be prepared and let's check the boxes so that you don't um, aren't in full panic mode, you know, your senior year and realizing that you've missed the boat on some things. That's uh, all. That's pretty awesome. I, you shared one of the differences about you being able to take them on campus tours, but for those of listening who may not have experienced uh, guidance counselors and all that, can you share a little bit of difference between what you guys offer other than that, taking cooler tamper than a guidance counselor. What's the difference from you guys' conversations? Well, I am not a guidance counselor at all. So I just want to make sure because we want to, you know, make sure that we stay in our lane of where we are. Um, so I don't do any guidance counseling. Guidance counselors help with their schedules. They're helping with crisis, re- you know, any crisis that the student is um, encountering in the middle of the school year. Um, they are dealing with a lot more um administration things as well that the school requires of them that I don't have to, I'm not a part of that. And as a, an employee of the foundation and not of the school system, really I am solely there just to talk to them about what they're going to do with it after graduation. And I'm there to help them with our application for scholarships. I help them find additional scholarships from other resources I am only there to talk to them about that. So anything else that deals with, Anything the guidance counselor has, then I'm like, have you talked to your guidance counselor? And sometimes they don't even know who their guidance counselor is because they've never even gone to see them or they've seen them and don't realize that they've seen them, um, depending on the school, depending on the student, you know, because most of the guidance counselors try to see them at the beginning of the year and just, you know, have a conversation with them. But it's usually about 10, 15 minutes. And because they have to go down, you know, their checklist of the things that they need to do. And um, unfortunately, they just don't really have the time to do some of the fun things that they like to do, which is, you know, college stuff and being able to take them on those campus visits. So we're just, you know, kind of we're coming in to collaborate with them and partner with them to help take the load off a little bit. And there's that name, collaborate, the word collaborate that our buddy Bob Brooks 
talks about collaborate over competition. I think that's awesome that you guys can do that uh, within the schools as well and, and uh, help the students that way. So um, how did the name come about? There was, there's a reason why it's called Edwall Scholarship Foundation. There is. I honestly don't know. <laughs> You asked the wrong person. If I, if well, it's near the Etowah Indian answer. Mounds is out there. Yes, sure. correct. And I mean the Etowah River. So I'm sure that had a part in, in it. I don't know why um, it was named that specifically. There's some homework for you. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I wasn't expecting that question. <laughs> you talked a little bit about you'll go to, the, to Cobb County, some of the schools, but is there a plan in place of you guys branching out to doing this in other areas? There is. Um, and I, I can't talk on all the details because a lot of things still need to be worked out. Um, we have been given um, Century Bank is one of our main sponsors, and they have actually provided a they used to have a mobile bus um, that they during COVID that they used. And it has been sitting in their parking lot. So they have actually donated the bus to us. And so we're hoping to do something with that, what that looks like. We don't know all the details just yet, um, but I would love to be able my my hope is to be able to take it to other schools outside of the county um, and the city and even some of the private schools that are in Cartersville, um, some of the co-ops, the homeschool co-ops, all of those things. I would like to be able to do that as well. I have worked with some homeschool students and parents are just like, we don't have guidance counselors. So what do we do? You know, um, so just to be able to work with those students has been helpful um, and those families to know that we're a resource for them um, and that they're welcome to come anytime and uh, and contact the office and they can come and see me at the schools. They can even just check in at the high school and come see me or I'm able to meet students at coffee shops or our, our other office. So I have technically two offices. So I'm in the office at the school and then the office in um, in the city. And during the summer, I'm not at the high school at all, obviously, because the students are not there. So I can see them at any time. I'm glad you, because when I was going, I went to a private school. I did, there was nothing like this when I was mm-hmm. in school. I'm old, so there was nothing but. And but I, there are some private schools that have great programs, um, and um, they have some phenomenal, you know, college uh, career counselors there outside of their guidance counselors that they, that's all that they do. And so that's where this kind of came from. Um, Walton High School in East Cobb has something like this. I don't know if they call it a future shop, but um, that's where kind of the idea came from. Um, with my director, she went to Walton High School and it's it was something available to her years and years ago. So, um, but there's just not a lot of schools that have it available. We're hoping to initially hope maybe in the, you know, near in the future, it could be something that could be statewide, a program that we could really build it to make it um the standard, I guess, maybe of you know for for the state and be able to help all these students and get it in all the school districts. But um, funding is the biggest thing, um, you know. Since we are a nonprofit, it's just wherever the money comes, right? And that will allow us to you know hire more people and you know do what we need to do. Right. So, so you mentioned Century Bank; they donated that bus to you, which I think is awesome. Um, explain how businesses and people in the community can get involved with you guys and helping. So they can go to etowah.org or they can call our office at 770-382-1757 um, and talk to um, Lee Welsh, again, our director, and she can help them and get things started. So it just depends on what they want to do. We have general funding and donations that we receive, and then we have um, funding for scholarships. So we have those. We always have people coming in to set up a new scholarship and an endowment um, in the mem- in memorial of someone. Um, a lot of people can um, leave 
money to us in their wills and their estates. Um, and you can do that with a lot of nonprofits and a lot of people don't think realize that. Um, so they're able to do that. Of course, that would be something in the future, but that's always something that could be. But for now, it's just we also um, have the ability to do monthly giving. Um, so that's set up on our website so people can do just like a tithe or any kind of you know monthly donation. They're able to do that monthly and they get a tax write off on anything that they provide and give to the foundation. Awesome. So obviously you guys do a lot of fundraising as well. Uh, I know a couple months ago I did the uh, trivia night for you guys, but you mm-hmm. have other events that you guys do throughout the year. You have anything coming up or things you want to share about what you got going we on? We have our purse auction that's coming up in November. So right now um, it is a great ladies night. So we have a lot of ladies that come and businesses um, right now we're selling t- tables uh, for businesses to be able to come. It's a table of eight um, and they can also contact us and on uh, reserving a table they like and so we have all kinds of high-end purses and some are not as high-end but we have fillers and a lot of the uh, local community um, businesses are great on donating fillers and gift certificates and you know we have um, live auction um, items as well packages that are great um, and it's just a fun night we have food and you know little um, heavy hors d'oeuvres and wine and the ladies come and they start getting getting excited about their purses and what they want to do but um, we have that in November and then um, we usually do two bourbon tasting events a year Um, in January we look to have a smaller one and then we just did a bourbon event at um, Moonlight Stables in Dallas so it was for the Belmont race Um, we did a derby edition last year so we did a Belmont edition this year and it was really fun um, I think everybody enjoyed it. We had like the big band music, you know, um, Frank, Frank Sinatra singer guy and, um, he did great and his band was fantastic. So we, um, we're hoping to kind of keep it at that right now. Well, so you just caught Stone's ears. Nice. For, nice. For the bourbon. So, yep. So there you go. Yeah. So make sure you're there. Yeah, he's taking notes. There, exactly. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yes. So, um, we're hoping to do it in the next probably at least two or three more times. So this year was the first time we did the Belmont and did it to the scale that we had it um we usually kind of keep them a little bit smaller um maybe 50 people but this one um we like to do we want to get a couple hundred people in there do raffles and just it's just a fun night awesome do you have a a story everybody's different i know but do you have a particular story you could share on somebody that you've gone who's gone through your program um that's a success story uh, just a testimonial i will share this I, i think i mentioned it to you when we did the trivia night um, this, this particular team that came, they had come when I was doing trivia regularly at St. Angelo's before COVID and all that happened. And then they called the restaurant, apparently heard that we were doing trivia once a month and started coming back. And that was the first night they were there. And I had a, another bucket up front for anybody who wanted to donate any extra money. And the gentleman asked me, what's that for? And I said, well, it's for the nonprofit tonight. And I said, he said, who is it? I said, Nettawa Scholarship Foundation. And he told me he was one of the very first people to receive that. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but do you have a story you could share that maybe that's a, a great success story? Well, let me think about it. Yeah. Again, if Lee was here, she, she's <laughs> been with the foundation a long time. I've been with the foundation a year. So she and her not wealth of knowledge is ridiculous of how many people and our students and how she keeps up with everyone. Um, so with me have been a little bit of a short timer, uh, with the foundation, I know of a lot of, um, students that have been in 
the that are in the community. Um, Zach Pritchard is actually um, who has Zach. He has Pritchard Law Firm. He was a recipient of ours wow. um, years and years ago. So I mean, he's pretty successful. So yeah, there you go. I don't know all the details of him, but um, he's one that did receive a scholarship with us. Um, but we run into I run into people all the time. You know, I'm just getting coffee or I'm you know getting lunch or. Um, I'm trying to remember oh, I, when we're doing events and I'm, you know, renting stuff and calling people and they will tell me, oh, my gosh, I, I was a scholarship recipient of yours back in the day. And I do this and I do that. Um, so it's usually just in passing a lot of those. Um, we have a great student, Chloe Satterfield, who is right now she's at Georgia Tech and uh, she is a graduate of Cartersville High School and she's doing amazing things. And she's a, I mean, I could totally see her being like governor or the president wow. one year. I mean, she's very um involved in youth politics and um is very well spoken and just has a great head on, on her shoulders and um but there's just a lot of great students that come from the county um schools as well that um I don't know them personally but um I, I know that they're doing great things and they're very appreciative of their scholarships and the help that they're getting um so you know kind of the best is yet to come right. as we grow and um and with the future shop program expanding and hopefully really engaging those students to be able to help them um so it's kind of a you know we're building the bridge as we walk across it as far as the program's concerned so to see the success programs with the future shop and the scholarships together it'll take a little bit of time to really see what that's going to um end up turning into but I do have those students that have just told me you were like a mom to me in school. Thank you so much for your help. Or, um, you know, when we talk about things and go over cost comparisons or we talk about college, you know, whatever that looks like, or they need to take a step back and, and let's find a job. I've helped several students, um, non-traditional students get out of where they were because they just weren't making the money that they needed to. And just being, again, a collaboration with uh, the Chamber of Commerce and, and Cartersville and Bartow County as well. We have that relationship with them, and so they're able to um, – we're able to kind of put them together and introduce them to industry um, and just be able to help them get a better job. You know, the the fast food industry is great for a high school student, but when you graduate and you're still working there, you know, that's not going to pay the bills. So um, getting them involved in, in the bigger industry, there's a ton of industry in Bartow County, um, and it's huge industry that is there that the students just don't realize is there and have these wonderful opportunities and they, you know, they're starting Toyo Tire and Textron and Anheuser-Busch and um, Hyundai's coming out there. And, I mean, you know, they're starting them twenty twenty two dollars an hour. I mean, who who got – I didn't yeah, know. Right? I was four twenty five at Publix in high school. <laughs> you know? So. I think that was three-something at Taco Bell. So <laughs> Dating yourselves. Yes. <laughs> I know. I am. But I just thought, golly, you know, to be right out of high school and getting $20 an hour, sign me up. You right. Know? <laughs> right. So. That's awesome. So other than the fact of, of having a passion and helping the youth and even the non-traditional students, why is it important for you to be part of the community? I just want people to find their purpose. I want them to be able to know that they're valuable. Um, there's a lot of students in Bartow County that um, and in Cartersville City that, you know, it's considered more of a rural area, even though uh, the city is not, but Bartow County is. Um, and I feel like a lot of times they just feel like there's just one way for them to go because that's the way that they think that they should go or that their parents tell them this is the only thing that is available to you. So being able to show them that there's a lot more to the, um, to the life and there's a lot more opportunities out there um, that is available to them that they're able to do. 
And it doesn't necessarily mean that they have to have that four year degree or whatever, you know, whoever it is that they're listening to has told them or that they believe. Let's change the narrative a little bit and understand that there's a lot of great opportunity for them. Um, and the best way to do that is just to be able to get face to face with them. You know, there's only so much that they will take in with advertising or, you know, putting things out there, even through the school's websites and so forth. They they do a great job putting things on the websites, but we all know teenagers don't read right. <laughs> a lot of it, you know, <laughs> they're too busy on, you know, their social media and stuff. So it's like, how can we get in front of them? How do we engage them? How do we get them to understand that we're here? One, we're here to help them, but two, we really want them to know that there's so many available opportunities for them. And I think for years, I, know, I remember in high school, the push was you need that four-year degree. You're not going to be su- successful if you don't have a four-year degree. And that, I mean, over 20 years ago, now look where we are. We have a lot. We lack trade. We lack skilled workers. We lack a lot of things that I feel like the shift has come. It has started where people are starting to understand and it's being promoted again to go get that trade, go get that skill and make, you know, whatever kind of money you want to make, you can be successful um, in those type of avenues. But and, and a lot of teenagers and kids really enjoy it and realize that they're good at it and um, they're not meant to be behind a desk. They're not, you know, they don't thrive well in a four-year, you know, university system. There are, and it, that there's something for everybody um, and that we need those workers just as much. And it's not to be uh, selfish of you need to go do a trade so you can do this for your community, but it's just, we want you to be successful and help your community at the same time, um, you know, to be able to show them that they can do both and uh, and just be able to have that um, knowledge and give to them. So the biggest thing for me is what is your purpose and know that you have a purpose um, and the purpose can look different for everybody. So it doesn't necessarily need to be. Um, I think sometimes when we say purpose, people feel like maybe it's this really big grandiose idea and how can I achieve that? But really it could just be, what is your passion? That's usually your purpose, whatever's in your heart, whatever you desire to do, whatever you enjoy, you know, work doesn't have to be labor arduous and difficult and, you know, and you hate the job. I mean, who wants to do that every day? <laughs> you know? and plenty of people do. They do. And then they're miserable. And then it's like, well, that's just what you do. You just get up and you hate your job, but it's a paycheck. And, you know, you come home and you're miserable and you make everybody else around you miserable because you can't stand where you are. Like, enjoy life and enjoy where you are and being able to do that and what you know is meant for you. Um, so it's. I try not to get that deep with the students because, you know, sometimes we'll go over their head. But just to say, you know, what do you enjoy? What is it that you like? Um, I was just yesterday with family and um, one of my niece's uh, friends, she's at um, uh, she's at Georgia Southern. And I was like, what are you doing? You know, like what you for your degree? She's like, I think I want to change my degree because I really don't know what I want to do. And I said, okay, well, what do you enjoy? So we just started, you know, digging it out. She goes, I really like the ocean and animals. And I said, well, why don't you do marine biology? She goes, I don't think I'm smart enough for that. And I said, honey, if you got into college, I think you're smart enough to do be a marine biologist. <laughs> you know, you got into college, you met all the requirements. And I was like, don't sell yourself short. I was like, why don't you look into that and see? Instead, you know, because she she's doing um, – I forgot what she's doing right now. I think it's um, like criminal justice. And I was like, you want to be a lawyer? She's like, no. <laughs> so, I was like, 
honey, come on now. You know, so just, just, you know, it's just those little conversations. And sometimes it just sparks that little light bulb in their head. And then they realize, Hey, I don't have to do that. Maybe I can do something else. And that's so important to people following their passions. Because again, I, I, I'm doing now what I was, I'm passionate about. It took me all these years to figure that out, but it's like my stepson, my stepson, he lights up when he talks about cars, Mm -hmm. but so he went to Chattahoochee tech, got a certificate on mechanics and all that. And then he spent what, six, seven years working at Kroger. I'm like, why? <laughs> now he's at John Thornton Chevrolet in the body shop and he loves it. Right. Right. So it's just one of those things. That, mm-hmm. But finding your passion is definitely, definitely what people need to do for sure. And you do it younger, then it's a lot easier. Yes. Going forward. So, um, all right. Again, share your website and phone number for those who might want to get in hold, uh, touch with you guys. It is etowah.org. So E-T-O-W-A-H.org. And it is 770-382-1757. Awesome. Well, Alicia, thank you for sharing. Don't go because we're not done with you typically okay. yet, but we're moving on to our next guest. Thank you for having me. Dr. Caitlin, I'm good. Am I, let me see if I'm going to do it right. Qureshi. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> good morning. Do- but Dr. Q is what she likes to go by. All right. It's just easier. Yes, easy. You're with Cultivate Health. You're, uh, you specialize in prenatal and uh, kids. Yes. Chiropractic. Yep. So share a little bit. You're, you're fairly, well, I guess new back to Georgia back to Georgia a year, right here a year. Um, So share a little bit of your story and then we'll talk about Cultivate Health. Okay. Um, I have, I graduated from chiropractic school at Life University here in Marietta uh, in 2015 and uh, chiropractic really found me. I uh, have always known that I wanted to be in the healthcare field and I knew that I wanted to work with kids, but I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. Um, and so I think that really started when I started babysitting for a family in my neighborhood. And uh, they had two kids, and one of them, Taylor, had neuroblastoma. Um, and so just babysitting her and Landon, um, and watching some of the things that they went through and um, her treatments and how that affected her body really had a big impact on me. And so I knew right then, like, I want to work with kids. And I definitely thought I wanted to be a pediatric oncologist, but uh, I realized I am way too emotional for that. (laughs) And I would cry way too much. So I, uh, you know, went through undergrad and knew I was going to be in the healthcare field. And then someone I had gone to school with since middle school uh, said, hey, I know, you know, we're graduating. You're kind of like in this limbo. You, I'm going up to this school and I'm starting in the fall and I think you should go check it out. And so, and that was that life. And so I went up and they have a leadership weekend. And I knew from the moment that I was there that that's where I was supposed to be. But I didn't know why. And um, I didn't look anywhere else. I put my application in. It just, it was it. And it felt right. So I started there uh, six months later and through, and I really didn't know much about chiropractic either. Um, so I started there and learned the chiropractic philosophy and just fell in love with it and learned that there's like this whole other way to live and to trust in your own body and that we have this intelligence that, um, is within us and we can tap into that. 
And so I, I fell in love with it and I focused everything as far as my electives in pediatrics and pregnancy. And so then I graduated and my uh, husband and I moved to Washington State to go on an adventure and try something brand new. And um, we went out there and I was there for six years and I went into a family practice. So I was in a family practice for a year and then I ended up... um, opening up my own coverage business. So I would cover chiropractic offices all around the greater Seattle area. So I did that for the rest of the time that I was there and would cover about 25 practices a year. Uh, so I really saw a wide variety of way of ways that chiropractors can practice. So it was elderly practices, sports practices, family, um, car accident practices. So I had a very big um, exposure to a lot of different things. But in the back of my mind, I knew still that I wanted to do, you know, specifically focus on and kids and pregnant mamas. And so um, we ended up last year moving back to Georgia through all of the uh, – COVID craziness. And uh, also it is insanely expensive to buy a home there and we were ready to buy a home. And um, so we ended up moving back to Georgia last year. And I knew then that I was going to open my own practice so I could focus on exactly what I wanted to. Well, you jumped right in, obviously, but I want to talk a little (laughs) bit about the the pregnant mamas and the, the infant chiropractic, because I think yes. the chiropractic, it's snap, crackle, pop, and it's right. not always that way. Right. So walk us through how that works with a pregnant mama and an infant. Yes. So I tell people, because that is the, the public perception a lot of times, um, and I tell people it's not like the TikTok videos, <laughs> um, because that's what we see, and then that's what we think, and it's very it, that that would be very scary to me. Um, so yes, with working with, uh, pregnant moms and with kids and infants, everything is very specific, um, and very gentle. So I tell people the amount of pressure that you're going to put on the back of your eyelid or check the ripeness of a tomato is the only amount of pressure that we need. And if we are being very specific in where we are making those contacts in the body, like the body doesn't need a lot of force uh, to make a change in the brain. So, yes. right, so well, I think chiropractic is amazing. I, I've shared with you, uh, Dr. John Markham's who we go to, been going to him for my mom's over 30 years. We're over 20 and it's amazing. You can walk through his door and he goes, well, you're, that's out. That's out. <laughs> it's just amazing yes. how you guys can do that. But he has this little, you know, like a little clicker and, and all that stuff. So it's, it's, you know, chiropractors were the doctors were like, eh. yes. but you know, yes. but now I think it's, it's very vital that that part of the health of the health thing you do. So as I mentioned, you jumped right back in when you moved here because you and I met at a networking event out in, in Paulding County. You then joined us over at the Cardsville business club and you've now opened your practice in Cartersville. Yes. Um, you, have a lot of ladies that come to you. I like to say the, gar- the golden girls of the Cardinal <laughs> Business Club. Yes. Um, so you're passionate about that. But you jumped in with 
helping Christy, our friend Christy with Footprints on the Heart. Yes. Uh, and her nonprofit. You opened up your brand new office and helping, you know, what was it, gift baskets for nurses back in December? Uh, yes. So Christy's um, Footprints on the Heart, they were doing a um, – they were doing light up the NICU on Christmas Eve. So she was putting together baskets and gifts for all of the nurses that were working Christmas Eve and then all of the babies that were in the NICU um, on Christmas Eve. And she, with her nonprofit, uh, she needed the space to like put all of those things together. And so we just reached out to Cartersville Business Club and asked um, people to come and volunteer to help put all these gifts together. And then everyone came into my office. My office is one big open space. I don't have individual rooms. Um, and so we just set up tables and it was a huge assembly line and it was a lot of fun. Uh, we all really enjoyed it. And then, you know, that helped her get all of that stuff done because I can't imagine her doing all of that on her own. Um, and so, yeah, that was a really fun event that I hope that she continues to do and we can help her with that. Well, and you just mentioned too, you're helping her this weekend move. Yes. Yes. So, um, uh, obviously, you're passionate about the kids and everything, but being kind of new to back to the area, you moved to Dallas, right? And yes. You came in, so people really didn't know you. I didn't. Um, yeah, I didn't know anyone. <laughs> right. But you jumped in as soon as you did, and so there's a passion there. So wh- why is that your passion? Why is it being a part of the community and helping others? Oh, um, gosh, I don't know. I just love. I love helping people. I love getting involved. Um, I think one of the things I learned about myself in Washington, uh, going into a lot of different offices was that I was really, I found that I was really good at connecting people and, and, and you're good at that as well. You're great at that, Brian. Um, but I just found that I could see two people that should be connected and would work really well together and help each other and, um, that's something that I love to do. And so just getting into the community and seeing where there's a need and, you know, stepping in and helping, like, I love to do that. Um, so, yeah. So tell us a little bit about Cultivate Health. What makes you a little bit different? What, because you offer a lot of programs through Cultivate Health. So share about that. Okay. So, uh, my office, I would say, is a family wellness practice, but I specialize in kids and in pregnancy and prenatal. Um, and I look at things a little different from the standard chiropractic office in the sense that I'm looking at that brain-body connection all through the nervous system. Um, I don't do x-rays in my office since I am working with pregnant mamas and kids and I do neurological scans, which really tell me exactly where stress is built up in the system and how long it's been there and how to help. So um, that's what sets me apart. And then I just love taking care of the whole family and helping them realize like there is another way to live their life and to tap into their own potential. Well, we've had different ladies at least uh, share their stories of going to you. You've helped them with thyroid problems. You've helped them with yeah. balance issues. You've helped them with people who couldn't go to the chiropractor because of 
different issues they've had in their back. Um, I'm going to get my wife there because she needs to come see you. Eventually, <laughs> I'll get her there. But um, I just think it's amazing that you know you. It's not that you're turning people away, but you have you want to get people early and you want to help them along the way. And and the fact that you jumped in when you did is to me it's awesome. Not everybody does that, right? And especially in the community that they don't they're not familiar with. Yes, yes, yeah, and and I think that um, I always just want to be treated the way that I. You know, I want to be, I want to treat others the way I want to be treated. And I want, um, when people come in my door, no matter who it is, I want to treat them like I would treat my own family. And so I just think when they come in, uh, no matter what they're coming in with, what brings them in the door, uh, I always go back to, I love you and I can help you. And that's always what guides me. That's awesome. So you do do different programs. Is it monthly? You have some things going on, right? Oh, monthly. Yes. I um, offer uh, education is a big, big uh, core value for me. And I do offer offer monthly workshops. So I do a perfect storm workshop, which helps uh, parents uh, learn about uh, helping their kids, whether that's depression, anxiety, autism, ADHD. Um, so that's a monthly workshop that I do. I love to collaborate with other providers in the community. Um, so I will bring different people in. So I had Birth on the Daily, who is a duo uh, doula team. And they came in and we did a birth story gathering. So uh, mothers could come in and share their stories uh, around their birth, which is really healing. And then um, I have a workshop co- workshop coming up in the fall with Dr. Brandy Freeman, who is a pelvic floor physical therapist. And so she's going to be talking all about the pelvic floor and the core and how that can help uh, women at any age, but especially during pregnancy and postpartum. So, yeah, I love to collaborate, bring other people in because it takes a team. It's not just one provider um, that can can help you. So it's really I love the team approach and getting all these different people that are experts in their area working together and collaborating to give the best care. All right. So if somebody's listening and wants to learn how they can get a hold of you, how can they do that? Um, I would say going to my website. My website is www.cultivatehealthchiro.com or calling. My office phone number is 770-291-6565. And then on social media, um, I always post any of the workshops going on uh, that are upcoming. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing your little bit of the story. Yes. Don't go anywhere. We're not done. Okay. Thank we're you. We're going to talk to Mr. David Jackson from okay. Heritage Financial Solutions. David, thanks for being here this morning. Thanks, Brian. I appreciate the invite. So uh, you've got an interesting background in how you got involved in what you're doing. So I'd like to share that. But, you know, you're an adrenaline junkie. You motocross raced for a while. You were a mechanic. Um, yeah, 25 years. Yeah. Yeah. So but if you don't mind, share your story because it drove to your passion of why you're doing what you're doing. Uh which story would that be? Well, whatever you want to share, but the story of why you got into the financial part. Okay. So, uh, essentially, uh, I was a mechanic for 25 years. Uh, the last 10 years of it, I hated it. 
Um, just like you were talking about waking up every single morning and the alarm clock going off. And it's like, oh, God, is it that time again, really? Um, and I was miserable. I was miserable at home. I was bringing it home with me. Um, so, you know, something had to change. Uh, and then what happened that really shifted um, my entire life was my dad had a massive heart attack and was clinically dead for over 30 minutes. And the people resuscitated him and brought him back. And the only thing he really lost was about six months of memory. Uh, otherwise, he was perfectly healthy as far as I could tell. And suddenly his financial advisor was coming to the house like every three months when I didn't see the guy but, what, maybe once every three, five years, right? So obviously things were changing. And one day my dad, uh, Special Forces military, you know, put the heavy hand on the shoulder and says, follow me. You just don't tell the man no. You're like, oh, yes, sir. You know, <laughs> so so you fo- I followed him into his office. He slung open the drawer of the file cabinet and says, if anything happens to me, everything you need is right here. And I was like, okay, Dad, what what could go wrong? I mean, you're here. My car's clean. The boy, me and the boys are going out Friday night. You know, everything's good. Um, about six months later, he had another heart attack, and it killed him. And I'm an only child, and I opened up uh, the drawer that my dad said, everything you need is right here. And lo and behold, every single thing that I needed was right there. Um, My mom was a deer in the headlights and essentially fell onto my shoulders. And what I found was he had increased his insurance to half a million dollars. He had about $400,000 in annuities that he left for my mom, his pension paperwork from AT&T, his pension from veteran assistance um, was all set up and all it needed was a signature and a notary. And then, of course, uh, you know, his 401 from AT&T Lucent Technologies came to my mom too. And he had paid off the home and everything. He literally left my mom with a lot of funds and no bills. Uh, and this is really unique because my mom uh, has been disabled since I was about four years old due to what we know now as thyroid eye disease. It was so severe that they literally removed her cheekbones from her skull mm. to re- reduce pressure in her brain. And she was unable to work. So uh, my dad passed in February of 97 and left my mom with no bills about – $800,000 and $5,000 a month of income coming in. Wow. Well, my mom, uh, with her illness, uh, really got wrapped up in the opioid addiction. She was doctor shopping. She was going to multiple doctors, not divulging the fact. And before I knew it, uh, she had had three overdoses, three stays in rehab, and I was introduced to an elder attorney. And... Um, he interviewed me, uh, went to visit my mom, called me back into his office. And I was like, what did I do wrong? He goes, you didn't do anything wrong. I was like, so why am I back here? And he slid a folder over to me. He goes, you are now your mom's fiduciary. And I was like, that's a really big word. What, what does it mean? (laughs) You know, and he's essentially said, you have to take care of your mom's finances to the best of your ability. If there's any discrepancies, you get to go to jail. I was like, um, I don't know if I want this role. He's like, it's too late. Right. It's already been appointed by the courts. So lo and behold, I have access to all of my mom's stuff. So I start trying to organize everything. And I had a 
organize it and rearrange it three times to try to make sure I'm coming up with the right number. But what should have been a million dollars sitting there easy in 2008, she was down to 20 grand. And me being a former mechanic, what did I do? I reverse engineered everything and saw where all the money went. And everybody in her world was stealing from her. Her financial advisor was churning, which is a term in my industry where you keep selling people products that they don't necessarily need, but you're doing it for the commissions involved. Uh, he had really high fees. He had uh, asset under management fees. He had retainer fees. And my mom didn't understand any of, any of this. And uh, she ended up going into assisted living in 2008, and I kept her uh, head above water until she passed last December. And um, that kind of led me down the understanding of funding and retirement and how to make money grow and, and not only make it grow, but how do you get to keep it yourself and not give it to other people? Um, so um, there's two things in this world that don't lie, math and yoga pants, right? <laughs> so, Which is why I'm, I'm not good at either one of those. You yeah, won't see me wear them. Yeah, well, yeah, well, I'm bringing one of them to the table in a, in a meeting. Okay, and normally it's math. Okay, I'm not. I'm not saying I'm throwing some some yoga pants up on the table. I'm glad I didn't wear my yoga pants. Right, yoga. <laughs> me too. Like I said, I'm feeling a little tight in the seat, right? Uh, but uh, the the fact is is uh, math doesn't lie. Two point two or two, sorry, two plus two will always equal four. And you know, a lot of people have great sales pitches and this, that, and the other. I'm not that guy. I don't have that used car salesman. Thing. Hey, have I got the deal for you? I'm just not that guy. Um, if I can help you, it'll be obvious. If I can't, it'll be obvious. And, um, you know, I'm not fee-based. Um, the products I sell have fees. Let's be clear. The products I sell have fees, but I don't take a retainer fee. I don't take assets under management fees. I don't do trade fees. And I'm trying to teach the world how this industry is really just taking a lot more money than I think they should. So okay, other than the fact that you don't have fees, what other ways makes you stand out from other financial advisors? Uh, point blank, plain and simple tax management. Um, uh, I know you have seen it. Y'all probably have not, but I'm becoming famous for my Google search, right? And most financial advisors, from what I've been told, have a totally different approach than I do. If I'm like Dr. Q over here, nice, young, and everything, just starting <laughs> life, uh, first thing I would do if I was sitting in front of you is tell you to open up your phone and open up Google, okay? And the first search we would look at is 1960 federal tax rates. Okay. Then we go to 1980 federal tax rates, and then we go to, to today, mm-hmm. right? And if that doesn't slap you across the face hard <laughs> enough, then we go to uh, usdebtclock.org. So you can actually see our national debt versus our debt to gross domestic product ratio Mm -hmm. and how much that translates into each person's debt to the government that you didn't create. The government created it for you, but they expect you to pay it back. Yeah, So something's off in that scenario, right? Right. So (laughs) I literally say, and I know know both of you have heard me, all three of you have heard me say it uh, a lot. It's not about how much you make. It's about how much you actually get to keep yourself. Yeah. Uh, right now, taxes have never been lower on the federal side. 
Um, now you pay taxes on everything, gas, food, property, this, that, and the other. But out of all the taxes, the federal side is the biggest shark in the water taking the biggest bite out of you. So let's manage that one first and foremost, right? So when you meet with somebody, obviously you look at what's best for them, but our, obviously there's – when I think of sitting down with a financial advisor, and you and I have sat down and talked and things of that nature, but you have uh, stocks and bonds, you have IRAs, you've got the life insurance aspect of it. So how do you go about finding what's the best pr- programs for the people that you work with? It depends on the person and their goals. I mean, essentially, I'm kind of like – part of the Google Maps. I mean, you have to enter a starting point A and where you want to go, and then I'll show you the different routes to get there and and show you information on the vehicles to get you there efficiently. Um, Are there certain things you can't do, like uh, stocks and bonds, IRA, other things you're you're not able to do that you work with other people with? Well, well, I do not sell individual stocks, and I don't do trades. If I did, I'd be fee-based, and it just takes a lot of time, and I'm just – not going to be that guy to manage a thousand people's portfolios to a minuscule degree. I'll help you macro manage your portfolio to management, but the micro management of is, Hey, I want to buy this stock. Well then get on iBroker and buy the stock, you know, don't pay somebody else to do it when you really don't have to, and you can do it yourself. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of, I'm trying to change the game a little bit. Like I was being pushed down a fee-based avenue and I've been under fee-based management. And it was like, are you moving these, are you making these trades for my benefit or for the commission involved? Because I'm not really seeing my account growing, (laughs) right? Right. But you're still getting commissions, you know? Um, So uh, there's there's a lot of companies out there that make a huge, huge income for themselves and their employees through other people's money. I need a live comfortably, but I don't need to make $750,000 a year on business that I wrote five years ago, you know, and I built my entire practice on referrals. So, so so talk a little bit about your practice, Heritage Financial Solutions, and you got to share your tagline. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So are we allowed to share my tagline? (laughs) The FCC doesn't listen to this. Okay. So, so my tagline is no smoke, no mirrors, no bullshit. And I was given that by my clients. Uh, it was a, it was a referral one day. They're like, look, just talk to Dave. He's just no smoke, no mirrors, no bullshit. And this, and the person said, Hey, somebody sold you to me with this line. Is that accurate? Like, yeah, I'm not going to give you a, a whole bunch of nonsense. It's just, it's math. Either it four plus four equals eight or it doesn't. It, it has to add up, but it has to get you efficiently to your goal. Right. And it's, it's just building a simple strategy. And honestly, at the end of the day, these strategies are fairly simple until you try to micromanage them. Then they get in depth and time consuming. The macro management of it, the, the just general management of it is actually very simple. So where all do you work? Is it just a portion of Metro Atlanta or do you go all over? Uh, no, I have a license in Tennessee, uh, had one in California. I let that go. Those people are crazy. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I refuse to get one in New York, even though I have family there. They're like, well, you could be my advisor. Well, you need to move. (laughs) Right. Um, but right. But I mean, I have South Carolina, North Carolina, Tennessee, Florida, uh, Virginia, um, 
if I become a, a nationwide practice, all 50 states, as long as I have good clients and I can help them adequately and accurately, I will always do so. Is a, To me, it would be much better if you could meet in person, but obviously with Zoom and before then Skype, but that probably helps you be able to do all this. Oh, Zoom is phenomenal. So, <laughs> so the pandemic, right? Pandemic happened. I cannot meet anybody uh, in person. And the pandemic proved two things. One, I don't need to pay for an office in Dunwoody. <laughs> and two, right? And two, I need to learn loot us. I need to learn Zoom desperately. And honestly, it seems to have helped my clients too, because first off, they don't they want me to come to their house. They don't have to clean. Right? They don't want to who wants to drive to Dunwoody? Nobody wants to be right. in that traffic anyways. And everybody seems to be very comfortable with Zoom. I mean, I had a client maybe about a year ago. She was literally had her hair in rollers, putting on makeup. She goes, you don't mind, do you? I was like, I don't care. You know, she goes, I got to get ready for work while we do this. I was like, okay, whatever Just you want to do. turn off the camera. <laughs> she did. She left the camera on. She, you know. If your camera's on, make sure you're wearing pants. Though. Right. Right. Well, I don't. I try not to stand up. <laughs> Just close in general. You know, you, know, you know, a blazer in my boxer shorts. There you go. You know? There you go. <laughs> So uh, you also are very uh, involved in the community. You you and I see each other all multiple different networking groups. Um, other than the fact of trying to get people to point A to point B, as you say, right? What's why is it important for you to be part of the community? One, I'm trying to build a brand. Uh, I don't have the deep pockets. I don't have the storefronts every you know uh, every thirty yards. There, there's companies in my industry that I can't throw a stick in the air <laughs> blind without hitting one of them. Right. Um, I can't say any names, but um, uh, there's different ways of doing it. And I am one of the few that are doing it my way and reducing the fees so people can keep more of their own money. And I've built an entire practice on on referrals alone. So, you know, uh, I want to be in the community. I want to help people. You know, um, there's too there's too much of of how do I help myself? in today's world you know there's there's good people but the good people are the ones that get used right yeah i mean can i interject here for a minute sure Sure. so uh this is stone payton talking i'm producing this show today i'm not (laughs) hosting but when i moved here holly and i moved here a little over two years ago and i wanted to put up this studio i reached out to this guy david jackson and invited him on the show and i didn't even have a studio yet i was just trying to line up guests and he immediately started connecting me with people around the community. He invited me to come to Woodstock Business Club. So he really lives into what he's talking about. He is incredibly invested in other people's success. He does connect people, and he genuinely cares about the success of other people. So for whatever my endorsement is worth, and it might be worth what you just paid for it, uh, but, but this guy actually walks the talk, I got to tell you. And that's another way you and I are the same. We love connecting others with others and seeing how it works. Right, right. I mean, look, first off, we were locked away for too long, okay? And second off, we all need people. Right. You know, yep. before the show started, we were talking about that do-or-die friend. Look, I need you to come and get me. Bring your truck. Don't ask any questions. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. So I, I want to be that for people, you know. Um, oh God. I, I got people calling me about their products. They're not my clients, but I'll help them manage it because at the end of the day, 
Um, if I can put some knowledge into people that they can move forward successfully, whether I make a dime on it or not, that's a success. Well, I'll give you some endorsement too, because you and I sat down and I showed you my whole portfolio and, uh, you know, I told you who I was with. I'd been, he's actually been on my show, Dave Young. I'll just give him some credit because yeah, I like Dave. Dave is great. And, uh, Dave, Dave, there you go. Um, <laughs> but you know, you were very honest and said, you know, Dave's got you in everything you need to be. Right. Right. You know, and so that's another thing that you won't find as honest as that too, because other people want that me, me, me. And no, I can help you better. Yeah. Well, my scenario is if I can't beat it, it's going to be obvious. Right. And the fact is, is, Dave helped you and he was very tax savvy in your plan. And he essentially did what I would have done, right? Look, you need to get your money out of the tax cycle now, like rapidly. And that's what he did for you. I mean, I can't fault the man for that. Right. Yes, he could come work for Heritage and probably be a little bit, <laughs> you know, happier. But but there's a plan but, for you. But Dave Young, uh, you're going to have to walk away from your fees, buddy. If you're going to come to work for me, I'm just saying. But, no pressure. Uh, he doesn't have fees though. <laughs> okay. Well, from experience, I, he does. Okay. Well, he, well, I know his past. He he has worked for firms where that's they why he for, started his own. Right, and I and I like that. Right. So uh, Dave and I are uh, going. We're trying to change things up. Dave, Dave's a good guy. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of good financial advisors out there, and there's a lot that just simply aren't. Mm-hmm. Um, and, God, you know, I, I try to be transparent, and I'm not everybody's cup of tea. I'm with a guy that walks in and say, look, here's the math. You know, I'm not going to be the guy that tells you your chicken coop smells like roses. I'm not <laughs> that guy. And some people need that. Some people need that reassurance that everything's going to be okay and this, that, and the other. I'm not that guy. If your chicken coop smells like a chicken coop, I'm going to tell you. Well, another big endorsement for you is uh, a lot of people may know about Cherokee Connect on Facebook, and people are constantly asking for people in your industry, and everybody's tagging you. Yeah, my my evil plan to take over the world is working, right? <laughs> are you thinking what I am, Pinky? <laughs> right. But but I think I'm being tagged because I'm real and I'm honest. And everything's transparent. There's no hidden fees. There's no this, that, and the other. It's boom, here it is. Uh, and I have my entire business structured. So I get paid by the companies I contract with. My clients never pay me a dime. Yes, some of what they pay this company is goes back to me in the form of commissions. But there's no asset under management fees. There's no trade fees. And I talked to three people yesterday about, hey, we need to – move some assets around because here's what I have and I'm showing 13, 14% year to date and you're showing seven all because you did not make these moves that I told you to. So let's make these moves and uh, didn't charge them a dime, you know, but they're my clients and I have a 99% plus retention rate for a reason. Uh, If somebody's listening, is there any, one slice of piece, free piece of advice that you are, are willing to give to somebody on the financial side. Oh, good Lord. How much time do we have? <laughs> one piece of other, other than calling how, you. How big is this piece? Other, other than calling you, just yeah. give me a little, little slice of something they can uh, take away. Yeah. The Google search, understanding where taxes have been versus where they are now, because the writing's on the wall with the $32 trillion national debt. And our debt to gross domestic product ratio being a negative 120% plus. Uh, 
taxes are probably going up eventually, right? It's just a matter of when and by how much. The number one product in the retirement world today is the 401k. I ask anybody, what are you doing for your retirement? 80% of them say they are funding or even overfunding their 401. And there was a point in time that was the perfect plan. But that was in the 60s and 80s when taxes were a lot higher, right? Nobody's asking why. They're just going by what has been done in the past. The fact is, is a 401k is your tax-deferred retirement product opened to you and for you by your employer, but it's a tax write-off to them, but all of your money is completely deferred. The government has control of every single dime of it. And I'm not saying they will, but if they said, hey, you know, we allowed you a tax write-off and we're going to tax you at 80% on your retirement accounts, they could potentially do that. Um, Everybody's like, well, you'll, you'll, You'll report less money, you'll report less income in retirement, and you'll be taxed at a lower rate. Well, we don't know that. We don't know what inflation is going to bring. We don't know where taxes are going to uh, – what rates they're going to be at. So people are making a general knowledge statement when we don't know. It, it, there's a moving target there in the fact of where will taxes be. We simply don't know, and you're placing all of this – into a tax cycle, which me, you and I have talked about it. I know Stone's heard it from me. Doctor Q over here may have listened once or twice, <laughs> but but the, but the fact is, is I am a big big pusher of getting money out of the tax cycle while you can. The government gives you avenues to do it. Yeah. Why not use it? Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you for that advice. Um, so I think another reason people are comfortable with you is other than the. No smoke, no mirrors, no bullshit. <laughs> is that you're a down to earth guy? You love mountain biking. You race motocross. I do. Yes. Um, so give us a little bit of the story of your motocross days. Oh wow. So okay. So there I was, seven years old. <laughs> <laughs> all, all good stories start with. So there I was. Right. So it was seven oh, years. Once o- upon a time. Yeah, it was seven years old. It was almost Christmas time, and I had ordered. I wanted from Santa this this Matchbox City. Right, because I probably had 200 Matchbox cars, right? And uh, there was a uh, uh, note left on the chair in the kitchen that says, look, you've been a really good kid this year, this, that, and the other. Uh, early Christmas present is out for you in the garage. And I was like, yes, my Matchbox thing is here. Well, my dad had bought me a little uh, Honda Z50 motorcycle, and I must have walked past it seven times looking for my Matchbox City, <laughs> right? And then I finally discovered it. But my mom would not even let me get on it until my dad got home. Oh. This is that's like eight hours, mom. Torture, <laughs> right? What what are you doing? You know. So my dad got home. I was riding this thing around the garden in the in the backyard. Wore a path probably in the first day. Um, and it was like time for dinner. I just pretended like I didn't hear him. Just kept on riding around the garden in a circle, and I fell in love with it. And then uh, somebody my dad worked with. Um, his name was George. His brother Marvin was really, really fast on a motorcycle. So we went to watch Marvin race one time. And uh, Dad's like, what do you think? I was like, I want to try this, right? So the very next weekend was Dave's first race. I get out there, and I came in dead last. I mean, I think I think the next to last guy lapped me, you know? And I come in, I take my helmet off. My dad's like, yeah, so, and I was like, that was awesome. <laughs> he goes, you do realize that you came in last. I was like, who cares? 
that was so much fun. And that's where it all started. You know, um, God, I, I miss it. I miss that sport. I sold my last motorcycle at the age of 45 with four broken ribs and a torn up shoulder. Mm. And I sold it to my buddy Pete and I actually shed a tear when that thing was leaving the driveway. Like, well, you oh. still do mountain biking though. Yeah, but. <laughs> it's really not it's really not 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 i do like my mountain bikes don't get me wrong i was riding mountain bikes to stay in shape for motocross because all these younger kids would would beat me and it and it wasn't a speed thing it was an endurance thing so i started mountain biking and then uh sold the motorcycle and mountain bikes it right now now i just need to find more mountains that take a chair to the top so you can ride down without having to pedal uphill. Well, I don't do any of that because I break bones. My only story about dirt biking is that my dad got me one, a Honda 175 when I was 15 years old, which my mother was very unhappy about. And, and good job I was riding a ride on in our, in our neighborhood. And I learned very quickly that you do not rev up and let go of the clutch at the same time. Because yeah. I rode a wheelie towards a tree and realized there was a car coming too, and I jumped off and broke my wrist, and oh. then I sold the bike the next day. So. Well, yeah, you got to control the clutch. Yeah, I don't have a problem with being wide open. You got to control the clutch and the power delivery to the ground. Yeah, though. well, you just don't rev it up and do it at the same time. Is what I learned. Well, you, yeah, so. you just don't pop. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, as we're wrapping up, this is what I like to do as we wrap up. Is I'd like for each of you to give one uh, either a quote, word, just a positive nugget so people can listen that are listening today and beyond and the rest of twenty twenty three with. 23 i'll get it out i can't talk today so alicia give us something good oh wow can you can i go last sure <laughs> you go go ahead I, you know, I know you got okay. something so yeah I, I got all kinds of quotes right so my favorite quote of all time was from a chinese philosopher mencius he said only when there are things a person will not do is that person capable of great things awesome well before we go on to you i do i did forget to ask this so if somebody wants to get a hold of you for your services, uh, how can he do that? Uh, yeah, uh, Heritage Solutions with an S dot net is my website. My phone number is 770-596-3840. Heritage Solutions, you can find me on Facebook, um, LinkedIn, and then, uh, of course, my website. Awesome. All right, Dr. Q, what kind of, what, what wisdom you got for us? Okay, I would say that um, we have a, a – saying in chiropractic ADIO above down inside out. And so we live our lives through our nervous system and health is comes from within. And so we just, ha we all have that potential to tap into our health, to live our best lives and to discover like who we are and how we can change the world. Can I chime in on that a second? Sure. So as somebody that raced motocross for a long time, I am a firm believer in chiropractics. Yes. Okay. And I am in the firm belief that out of 99% of what ails you, your mind and your brain is very capable of curing it all. Uh -huh. It just has to communicate with your body properly. And that first path, the I-75 of it all is your spinal cord. Yep. There you go. There you go. You're hired. <laughs> like, so. All right, Alicia. Okay, I'm not gonna lie. I just googled something, but it was perfect. <laughs> Federal tax rates? No, oh. I will later. Though we may have to ha go have coffee. Um, but this is perfect because this is something that I do talk about with my students. This is a quote from, from Winston Churchill: "Success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is their courage to continue that counts." So. 
I mean, I was like, well, that's just perfect. Um, you know, cause that's what I talk with my students. It's okay to fail. Um, you learn from failure and then you can move forward and, and still be successful in your failure. Well, I got, I gotta say, I don't like the word failure because it's used too much. Yeah. Uh, I think everybody's going to fall down. Everybody's going to Mm -hmm. fail at an instant, but I don't Mm -hmm. see that. It's only a failure when you don't get back Back up. up. That's right. It's only a failure when you stop trying. Or John Maxwell in his book fell forward. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of students think, I mean, they just, well, I, I, they're afraid to fail so they don't move forward. Yeah. Um, I cannot tell you how many students right now are terrified to get their driver's license because they're afraid to fail the driving test. I think I it's some of so generation. My, my stepkids are yes, the same way. Yes, they're terrified. Some of it's they're afraid to, to drive accidents, that sort of thing. But they are, when I ask them, why haven't you got, had, why haven't you gotten your driver's license? And that's some of the, one of the things we talk about. I mean, uh, I, when I'm talking to them, I mean, I'm talking to them about everything, just right, about right. that's within my lane, not getting into, you know, the deep stuff of their family. But those type of things, and they're just, I'm, I'm afraid. Uh, what are you afraid of? Are you afraid to drive? No, I'm afraid I'm going to fail the test. Well, honey, it's okay if you fail. Just, just try yeah, it you again. Can, you can take it again, yeah. right? Like the very like, next day, can, right? You can do it again. <laughs> like, it's okay. And, um, and I have had some students that I said, let's, that's one of the action items. Let's, let's go ahead and make, just go ahead and just make the appointment to take the test. And then they come in. How did it go? I passed, you know, and it <laughs> With was a 70, like, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> then you passed, you got your license, you know? So it's just those things, but in their mind, that mindset of if I don't do well or if I fail, I won't be able to do the next thing. And it's like, it's okay. You can, you get another shot. Well, and it's like when I coached football, there was a lot of kids that felt like they were failures mm-hmm. because they're not running backs and they're not mm-hmm. quarterbacks. God didn't make everybody correct uh, for for one position. Right. He he made us all different for a reason. Mm-hmm. Right. You're going to be good at some things. You're not going to be good at others. others right. right? Mm-hmm. I, everybody needs to stay in their own lane. Yeah. Well, when right. people fail too, I also think of the, this is another sports and coaching analogy. Is what's the first thing a coach does when the kids the kids start really performing badly they take them back to the mm-hmm. basics mm-hmm. well it depends on the coach well good coaches. <laughs> i've had good and bad good i mean coaches. i've had spit yeah. flying hats being slung yes. mm-hmm. and we're talking about seven-year-old kids i'm right. just like look pipe it down coach right but good There's coaches it's always like you go back to the basics and the same thing the basics of life that's a country music song by the way the basics of life mm-hmm. is you know just think of that so anyway i uh the other thing that i like to do is the simple thank you is a lost art so Alicia, thank you for what you guys do for the students and the um, the youth in the Bartow County area and beyond. Dr. Q, thank you for what you're doing for the mamas and the kids. Yes. And Dave, thanks for what you're doing for everybody else trying to make sure that their future is is impactful. Well, and you're welcome. And I want to turn it back around on you and say yep. thanks yeah. for what you're doing. Yes, thanks for having Char- us. I mean, the charity thing. The trivia I mean, night. Yeah, it's you're, you're bringing awareness and, and money to where it needs to be. Well, it's again, it's my passion, so I love doing it. So everybody out there, remember, let's be positive, let's be charitable.